0: This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Good morning. Good morning. Those of you who don't know me and for those of you who don't recognize me without my full beard, uh, my name is Carter Lear and I am one of the seminarians here at St. David's. As you all know, uh, Father Chuck and Pastor Angela are at the vestry retreat this weekend, so they asked me to preach today, and Father Chad is sick. Uh, Our thoughts and prayers are with them, but that means that y'all get me and Father Bennett today. We're on our third celebrant of the day today, by the way. How about these readings? It should come as no surprise, but I struggled to find a reading that I felt comfortable talking about today. We start start hot with Moses talking uh, life, prosperity, death, and adversity, while with Paul, you've got jealousy, quarreling, spirituality, and let's not forget our gospel from Matthew that had me thinking I really wish everyone else wasn't gone this week. (laughs) Kind of feels like I got the short end of the stick. After one or two existential crises, though, I finally settled on Paul, mostly because I had the most questions about what he really meant about God giving the growth. I wondered what Paul was trying to convey to the people of Corinth and wanted more from him surrounding this topic of seed planting. At first glance, I personally felt as though Paul was taking some agency away from the people of Corinth because this passage can be read as, it doesn't really matter what you do because God is in control of everything. For me, the God that I have come to know is not some benevolent overlord that decides where we are going or what will happen before we can walk. God walks with us and guides us, but also gives us the freedom to make our own choices. I guess I'd say that yes, there are those who plant and there are those who that water, But in terms of growth, it is a mutual effort shared between ourselves and God. However, Paul's greater point lies elsewhere in this passage. He is troubled with how people are dividing themselves over who is their leader. Paul, by comparing himself to Apollos, is reminding us of a bigger picture, that such factions are not helpful to the greater community. Like most of my struggles with Paul, I always want him to take it further and say that people can have their own choices, but we need to remember that we are all part of this earth and we are all in this together. That is, what I, that is where I found something in this scripture this week. It is very easy to see divisions and differences in our church, our community, and our country today. So, like the good seminarian that I am, I went off to find some reputable commentary to help answer these questions that Paul has left us with. Funnily enough, I didn't get as much help as I would have liked, as I spent a lot of time looking through books only to discover that the writers I was reading all had varying degrees of opinions about how we might interpret Paul. The irony astounded me. I felt as though I was reading Paul's warning in a 21st century form. One commentary suggested that Paul was saying God is in control of everything and agency is just foolish, while another suggested that he might just be jealous of Apollos. I value discourse and disagreements over Scripture and maybe I was looking in the wrong places, but when commentaries cloud the conversation with frustration and anger it becomes unhelpful and we often lose ourselves in these moments. For instance, I had my wonderful in-laws in town from Scotland the other day. They were able to worship with us last Sunday And one particular thing stuck out to me from that moment. When it was time for communion, they asked my wife and I what they were supposed to do when they got up to the front. And I initially gave out my trademark snort at their question, mostly because I hadn't thought about communion, how communion might be different for my Baptist missionary in-laws. Sure enough, I was right. They tend to only have communion once a month, and it's normally passed out in tiny little plastic cups, I apologize for my less than kind reaction to their honest question, and we didn't get into an argument about it all, but it did highlight some of the small divisions that can easily isolate us from one another, and that, let's face it, some people do get particularly opinionated about. But this question did make me think quite a bit about the differences we have even within our own faith. Just today at 9 a.m., a woman came up and, during the prayers of the people, gave a very impassioned speech that took all of us off guard and every Episcopalian in the room was terrified of what was (laughs) going to happen next. But it was a really beautiful moment and we were there with her in that moment. Pew Research suggests that there are 2.4 billion Christians in this world and that doesn't even count those whose lives have been impacted by Christianity in both good and bad ways. We spend a good portion of our time in that large number dividing that number over leaders, beliefs, constitutions and canons, and rituals, that we forget that we are all followers of God. That is what Paul is trying to say to the Corinthians, to not focus on the little things but to look at the bigger picture. Now don't get me wrong, there are many things about our particular brand of Christianity that I enjoy, and I was sweating under the collar today too. But I think it's time that we look within Christianity in our journey to do God's work. I am also not saying that priests and people in the leadership of the church are to blame, but I think that Paul is reminding us that leaders are not infallible and that we are not infallible. No one is perfect and our flaws are part of what define us. What is important is that we take responsibility for them. If we can find some common ground in a spiritual way or even just a social way, I am confident that we can find a way to live in this world together and maybe even change life on this planet for the better. So, when going about your week, whether it's at work, at home, or here at the church, think about where you might look past ritual and tradition to recognize and see a fellow member of the world for who and what they are. Paul reminds us that the bigger picture is that we are all followers of God. Where can you see the divine in other people? Find them, take them for a coffee, laugh, cry, yell if you need to. It can be amazing how much we have in common with other members of the Christian faith if we just put our traditional guards down. And finally, as a good Kentuckian, I will leave you with a quote from poet Wendell Berry. A community is the mental and spiritual condition of knowing that the place is shared and that the people who share the place define and limit the possibilities of each other's lives. It is the knowledge that the people have of each other, their concern for each other, their trust in each other, the freedom with which they come and go among themselves. Share your place, knowing that God is walking with you always. Amen.